But not long after that, the old priest came in to visit the old farm. The moment he spied the curio and noticed the flash of light, he rushed about and demanded, "'Here's the diamond! Here is the diamond! Has Alahafed returned?' "'Oh, no, that is not a diamond. It is nothing but a stone we found out in our garden.' "'But,' said the priest, "'I know it's a diamond. I tell you it is a diamond.' They rushed out into the garden and stirred up the sands, and they found other, finer specimens. Thus, said the guide, and friends, it is historically true. Thus were discovered the diamond mines of Golconda, the richest diamond mines in all history, verily acres of diamonds. Yes, my friends, acres of diamonds. Every acre of the Golconda diamond fields has yielded diamonds that have decorated the crowns of monarchs. When the guide had told me this story, I told him it reminded me of an experience. I told him of a man in California who, in 1847, owned a ranch there. He heard that they had discovered gold in Mexico, and he hiked out to go there. He sold his farm to Colonel Sutter, who put a mill on the little stream below the house. One day his little girl gathered some of the sand in her hands from the raceway and brought it into the house. And as she was sifting it through her fingers, a visitor there noted the first shining scales of real gold ever discovered in California. Acres and acres of gold. I was introduced in later years to the one-third owner of that farm, and he was then receiving $120 in gold for every 15 minutes of his life, sleeping or waking. Professor Agassiz of Harvard once told us at their summer school of mineralogy that there once lived in Pennsylvania a man who owned a farm, who did with his farm what I should do if I had a farm in Pennsylvania. He sold it. But before he sold it, he decided to enter the business of collecting and selling coal oil. He wrote to his cousin in Canada that he would like to go into that business. His cousin wrote back, I cannot engage you. You know nothing about the oil business. All right, he said. I can learn, and I shall learn, all about the oil business. And he set himself to learn the whole theory of the coal oil business. He found that there was once another sun that shone on this world, and there were then immense forests of vegetation. He found that this other sun went out, and that this world in time fell into the wake of the present sun. It was then locked in ice, and there arose mighty icebergs, and as those mountains of ice rose over the stormy seas and crushed upon the earth, they pressed down all vegetation, planed down the hills, and everywhere buried this original vegetation which gradually turned by chemical action into beds of coal, in connection with which is found coal oil in paying quantities. So he found out where oil originated. He studied it until he knew what it looked like, what it smelled like, how to refine it, and where to sell it. Now, he said to his cousin, I know all about oil, know it from the second day of God's creation to the present time. And now his cousin replied, Come on! So he sold his farm in Pennsylvania for $833. Even money, no sense. After he had gone, the man who had bought the farm went out to arrange for watering the cattle, and he found that the previous owner had attended to it. There was a small stream back of the barn, and across that stream was placed a plank at an angle for the purpose of diverting to one side of the stream a dreadful scum through which the cattle would not put their noses to drink, though they would drink in the clear place below the plank. 
and sure enough, the man who had gone to Canada and who had learned all about oil had been damming back oil for 23 years, oil which the state geologist said later was worth $100 million. Titusville. The city of Titusville stands on that farm now, and yet, though he knew well the theory of oil, he sold the farm for $833. Again, I say, no sense. I need another illustration. I find it in Massachusetts. A young man went down to Yale College and studied mines and mining, and he became such an adept at mineralogy that during his senior year in the Sheffield School, they paid him $15 a week for spare time teaching. When he graduated, they raised his pay to $45 a week and offered him a professorship. As soon as they did that, he went home to his mother. If they had raised his salary to $20, he would have stayed. But when they made it 45 he said, I won't work for $45 a week. Let us go out to California and stake out gold and silver and copper claims and be rich.